Unfiltered, the official Sunderland AFC podcast. Welcome to SAFC Unfiltered, a little bit of a different edition of Unfiltered this time. I'm not joined by Danny Collins, which is a bit of a relief to be honest, spent too much time with him. But I am joined by three other people as we look forward to a huge game for Sunderland ladies at the weekend between themselves and Durham. I'm joined by Sunderland player Grace McCatty, Phil Smith from the Sunderland Echo and Mark Donnelly. How is everyone? All right? Yeah, good, thank you. All good, cheers, Frankie. Good. Uh, in that case, we'll we'll start with you then, Grace, if that's okay. Uh, obviously, a big game at the weekend, um, but I'd like to talk about the season so far. Um, how would you assess the season so far? You, you've had those early wins, uh, a couple of draws, and uh, that defeat at the weekend as well. But a decent start, would you say? Yeah, I think for us, obviously, we're we're new to the league. Um, we've come in. Probably as the underdogs, we are new that we haven't played in this league in, in a number of years. So for us, we kind of clearly internally kind of set out what our aims were for this year. And I think having sat together as a team last night, reflected on the weekend and reflected on um, kind of results today, we're happy where we are. Um, yes, we would have, have liked to win the weekend. That goes without saying. But I think when you kind of pause and you take an overview of where we are today, um, we're very much on track to, to what we set out to do. Yeah, Grace, you've you've played at the highest level uh, as well in, in the game as well, and many of these the younger girls for Sunderland may be playing at this level for the first time. Just tell us a little bit about the the standard in this division because it there's a, a bit of a mixed bag, isn't there? Yeah, there's definitely a mixed bag, and I think, but probably one thing that the results have shown to date is that anyone can take any points off anyone. I think probably what is lining up this year is probably one of the most competitive championship leagues we've seen to date. Um, I think you you look at the results on the weekend and people are taking points on people and I think yeah for us personally um we've got yeah quite a young team so for a lot of the players it's the first time that they've ever competed at this level so not only is it a, a huge learning experience for them um which is fantastic but it's kind of learning experience for all of us as a whole as we kind of understand well what what is it that we want to do collectively and how can we help each other improve individually um but I think that's kind of reflected across the league a lot of teams have a lot of younger players coming through and that's only a great sign for kind of the direction of women's football and, and the routes and the pathways that players have have to, to go through to the end of the game. And it's been quite fine margins, hasn't it, in, in that defeat and those draws as well. There hasn't been much in the games you've played so far. No, not at all. We, we said that last night. All the games have been one or two goals max. It's not like we're seeing teams put six goals past each other. So one, that, that indicates that it is a very competitive league, but two, it also highlights the importance of small margins that sometimes it is literally the small moments in the game that can determine whether you walk away with a win or not. So as exciting as that is, that obviously puts puts more pressure on us, us as players to to kind of control those moments and do the best we can to walk away with, with things in our favour. And the, the weekend's fixtures got a little bit of extra spice for you. You spent some time at Durham, didn't you, uh, after you joined uh, from the South West as well. Um, what's it going to mean to you at the weekend? playing against Durham yeah I think if you look at both squads there's been a number of players that play for both teams um, so there's definitely a massive personal element to it in terms of one a bit of friendly rivalry uh, but two yeah kind of people have invested interest in both teams so yeah so obviously I, I, joined, um, I joined Durham when I first moved to North East obviously unfortunately experienced uh, a knee injury on arrival so didn't didn't quite go to plans I would have liked at the club but um, I have a lot of fond memories I, I know a lot of the players that still currently play there and and for me I think it's going to be it's definitely going to be a, a, t- a tasty fixture but one I'm, I'm looking forward to great looking forward to it um Mark yeah you find yourself in a role at uh, Durham ladies football team as well now just tell us a bit about your role there and what it is you you do at the club 
Yeah, so I'm essentially the kind of media and marketing lead at the club. So anything on social media, anything on the website, um, that's me. Um, you know, as with any club, I think everyone does does anything they need to do to help the club drive forward as well. So, you know, you, you find yourself doing things that maybe aren't, you know, in the job description. But, you know, we, we're all a very kind of united staff here and we'll do do what we need to do and to drive this club forward. Um, what's the what's the your uh, opinion and um, assumption of what you've found when you've gone into Durham? Because um, you know many people listening to this will be Sunderland fans and fans of Sunderland ladies and what they've had to go through over the last few years, and it's been a bit of a roller coaster to say the least for them. But what's the recent history been like for Durham, and how do, how's the club in in their state at the moment? Yeah, very good, very promising. Um, the club's grown kind of year on year um, from when they joined the, the league as it was WSL2 in 2014 to where they are now obviously currently very very early days obviously but top of the league at the moment finished second last season behind a, a very very strong Leicester and consistently been around the top three slash four uh, you know top three four for the last five or six years really um, in a league that's had some very very good teams in it like you know Manchester United and Tottenham now well established in the top division Um Teams like Brighton have been in this league, even Doncaster Bells going back a few years. So it's it's always been a very good division, but Durham have always been there or thereabouts. Um, very kind of united club, very together, uh, playing squad and, and staff. And yeah, a club that it's really kind of enjoyable, I think, for everyone to, to be a part of. And is there much of a youth development system there? The catchment area is pretty... Well, it's pretty similar to Sunderland, let's be honest, isn't it? And as as Grace said as well, there's players which have overlapped and gone each way and th- themselves. Um, so uh, do you find that the club has a, a better kind of, because it's more established, if you like, and hasn't had the, the turmoil of Sunderland over the last few years, do you find that there, there is a lot of younger players coming through there at the moment? We've always produced players. You know, the club started as a, as a grassroots club. That was how the club began before it came into the the WSL in, in 2014 it started as a grassroots club and there's players who've kind of been with the club all the way people like Beth Heppel and, and Lauren Briggs have have grown and and you know there's some really kind of exciting young players at the club at the moment people like uh, Grace Eyre, Hannah Greenwood, Lily Crossway who've all been been in and around the first team so yeah the club has produced players as, as the region has produced players you know we, we all know about the northeast kind of track record in, in football so yeah it's it's something I think the club are very proud of especially when you look at where the club started from and, and that kind of grassroots background they want to keep developing players and someone uh, who's in the role that you are Mark can you see the game growing week on week out with social numbers growing more you know people able to access the game it's just you know awareness isn't it to a certain extent but it's definitely growing the women's game isn't it and fast Oh, massively, yeah. I mean, you, you look at the crowds it's getting, you look at the interest it's getting on, on social media. Um, it's it's incredible now, the, the way the game's going. And obviously the TV deal with, with Sky and the BBC that started in the summer for the, the Super League's incredible. And that's going to take things to the next level. Um, it's a really, really exciting time for the sport. And I think, you know, we've got obviously a home European Championships next summer as well. The European Championships coming to, to England. Um, that's going to be a, a huge, huge thing for for the game in this country as well. So it's a really, really exciting time, I think, across the country and, and just here in the northeast as well. And Phil, if I could just bring you in, um, as someone who writes for the Sunderland Echo, can you see that appetite for the women's game growing as well with demand to know what's going on on not just a weekly but a daily basis as well? Yeah, I think it's a it's a really exciting time to be back at this level. I think it's a huge thing for the club and I think it's an exciting time coming out of the pandemic as well the fact that people can go along watch the team 
you know, you've got a really good blend in the team. You know, as you've mentioned before, a lot of exciting young players coming through. Um, the team's performed really well this season, had a really strong start. So I think it's a really exciting time just for the club generally, both in terms of being back at this level, coming up through the leagues, and also just, you know, the fact that we can all go to games. Um, I think it's a really exciting time, and I think we'll see that over the season ahead. Uh, Grace, just to go back to you, what's the, the ambition then this season? You know, given that you've played the five or six games so already, you know, you're starting to find your feet in the league as, as a squad. Maybe, was the ambitions just survival before, or are you thinking a little bit further ahead? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say survival, but I think we are realistic. Um, for us, like you said, it's the first time we're back at this level in, in what has been now nearly four years. Um, so for us, it's about building. We don't just want this to be kind of a short, short-lived short um, experience. We want to kind of come up, establish ourselves in the league and build and grow from there. And I think like we touched on previously, having quite a young squad um, means that, that there is going to be need to be a bit of time where they find their feet, they grow into it and, and they learn about kind of what is needed to compete at this level. Um, there's no doubt we are aiming to do the best we can do, um, both on and off the pitch. Um, and that's always been something we, we will always do as players in every game we go into. But I think for us, it's about can we do well this year? Can we uh, compete in this league? And can we then give ourselves a basis to kind of build on in the future? And something we spoke about with Mel, actually, when she appeared on the podcast earlier this season, is the, the dedication that you guys have to have because of, you know, the, the, the real-life commitments that you all have as well. If you wouldn't mind, Grace, just give us a little bit of a, an insight of how often you guys get together and how often you train and, and then you have the travelling as well, don't you, during a normal week, for example? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So at the moment, as a, as a club, we, we train three nights a week. So we're in, um, for example, last night, uh, we were in at half five for an hour in the gym. And then we've done half an hour analysis before then going onto the pitch for, for two hours. So when we're in, we're in for about four to five hour periods. Um, but that is in and around everyone's having a full time job or being a student. So, for example, when we played Bristol at the weekend, um, a number of players opted to fly back simply for the fact that they were at work at six, seven a.m. in the morning. So that's not to suddenly say... Like feel sorry for us, not at all. Um, that is the reality of the game at this level is that us and, and other teams in the league are, are balancing kind of commitments on and off the pitch. And I think one of the things that, that we'll striving to do better will do will hopefully give us more opportunities, particularly for the younger players coming through to maybe step into that game full time and, and, and play full time in the future. But for now, yeah, everyone in the league is very much balancing or everyone particularly in our team is balancing either a full time job or full time studying alongside kind of training as a, as a squad, three nights a week um, around all kind of the additional stuff that we do in our own time. So there's no no doubt in saying it is challenging, um, but we, we all do it for the love of the game. We're all, all in it for the right reasons. And for me, someone who's probably at the latter part of their career, um, I wouldn't have it any other way in terms of being able to do a career that I find fulfilling in terms of my day job, but also play this for what I love. And, and Phil, it's really important as well that the, the ladies team has been taken very seriously once again at Sunderland Football Club, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's huge because I think that, you know, everybody knows that we have always produced the talent in this region and we still are. You know, earlier this week we had three players playing for England out in Poland against Russia, which again is a fantastic achievement. You're seeing the team now, really good local talent. And I think that, you know, it's about ensuring that that platform is there over the next few years. And obviously, hopefully, the long term aim is can, can we get the club full time? Because that would obviously be a huge step forward for these players. And that's why being back at this level is so important, I think, because it really does give that platform. And what we've already seen in the early stages of this season is that the team is really competitive. You know, the margins in the games have been really fine. Um, you know, even in 
defeat at the weekend and, and you know a very close run game just one goal in it so I think it's yeah it's just exciting that, that, that the platform is there for these players and hopefully that can be just something that grows and grows and, and as we've kind of already talked about on this podcast you know staying at this level and growing from there is really important and I think that's why you know taking such a solid points return from the early stage of the season is kind of really encouraging. Grace, I just want to ask you, what's the perception of Northeast women's football for someone who's from outside the area originally? Because obviously you see all the big stars in the England sides and Team GB and, and things like that. Um, but there isn't a, a WSL side amongst them at the moment. So what, I mean, how does that go down in the game? Yeah, so I think, I think the Northeast, particularly the last probably few years, um, probably feel a bit, maybe a bit hard done. But I know for myself when I moved here, so I moved to Northeast in 2016, um, it comes with such a reputation for producing England players. You only have to look at the current Lionesses squad to know how many players have come through the ranks of a, of a North East club. And I think that's something that the area is proud of, and rightly so. And I think what's great about ourselves now being in the same league as Durham and obviously both clubs kind of striving to, to progress in a game is that it, it puts the, the area back on the map. Um, it gives the area kind of the attention that I think it, it deserves, particularly for someone who's coming come in like externally, obviously from the, from the south upwards. And I think probably for too long, the attention has very much been around London and, and southern-based clubs. And now you've got clubs kind of coming up in Manchester. But I think you can't really ever forget what the North East has done for the women's game historically, but what it continues still to do. Is, as Phil just touched on, obviously, we had three RTC players out with England this week in, in the qualifiers. And I think those players coming through, both at Sunderland and at Durham, only highlights that the, the area is still producing talent um, and will continue to do so it just needs the support that it deserves um, so for me I think yeah it's a thing that the North East should be rightly proud, proud of but it's something that, that I believe they will, they will continue to do and Mark this weekend's fixture surely is a, a marketeer's dream if you like because it's something that which the, the men's game doesn't have and that's a rivalry between Durham and Sunderland although pro- probably club historian Rob Mason will correct me about a game back in 1879 <laughs> or something like that between Durham and Sunderland but 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 Mark, it, it's it's a real you know original tie, isn't it? And it's something really mouthwatering for Northeast football fans. Yeah, definitely, and it's it's nice. It's kind of fallen on a men's international weekend as well because that obviously means there's a little bit of a gap in the calendar for a lot of people. But and I think more than anything, it's going to be a, a really really good game, a really good day out for people. And yeah, it's it's a really good showcase, I think, of of Northeast women's football and and the teams we've got competing at a very good level now. And accessibility as well to these games. The pricing is always really low. On, on Sunday, for example, it's only £5 for adults, £2.50 for concessions. Is that important still at this level, Mark? I think so, yeah, because I think, you know, as a family, you can look at it and think you can have a, a family trip to the football for a, a very kind of reasonable amount. And that's the same at, at every club in the division, really. And, and even in the even in the Women's Super League, you know, it's it's very affordable. And the crowds are growing. It's great to see, you know, we, we have some excellent crowds here at, at, at Maiden Castle for our games and it's great to see that interest growing and, and that, yeah, as you say, it is accessible and that's kind of, I think, how how people want to make it stay. And Phil, from a press angle as, as well, it, it's, it's, you know, it, it is a, a tasty, tasty match coming up. Yeah, well, I, I think as Mark alluded to, I think more than anything, it's just the fact that you know it's going to be a good game. Obviously, Durham are, are well established at this level and they've made a really strong start of the season. And so have Sunderland, and I think Sunderland have shown that. You know, you, they've been competitive in every game. They've had some big wins, and they've had some good draws. And I think that just goes to show that you're going to get a really good standard of game. You know, if you come along and watch, you're going to see players who are really experienced at this level. You're going to see some players who I think have got a really big future in the game on both sides. 
So I think above anything, it's just a it's a, it's a really exciting kind of football and contest, and I think it is really good as well that we do have these two ambitious sides in the northeast that are striving. I think it does help, you know, put the game on the map in this region, and hopefully something that you know as both clubs will just grow and grow over the over the coming years. Yeah, so Phil, that's something you'd love to see at the end of the season, perhaps both clubs getting promoted. I mean, that would be the dream, right? Well, I think it's you know I think. It's really exciting to see Sunderland's kind of stabilising at this level. And I think that, you know, sporting to Mel, sporting to the players, obviously you want to win every week. You want to do the very best you can. You want to push up to the top end of the table. But also I do think, you know, speaking to Mel, she's always been very clear that the main goal is to be in a better position next season. And obviously a big part of that is making sure that Sunderland are in the championship. Given that experience to these younger players, I think that's a big thing as well. And obviously the more experienced members of the side can help them grow. And I think it is a long-term project at Sunderland. You've, you know, it has been a very difficult few years for a number of reasons. COVID being one of them. The general situation is, I think everybody knows and understands as well. So I think it's just about building that back up, and it is going to be a long-term project. And I think the really positive sign is that, you know, there's clearly a squad here who, you know, are really united, are playing some good football, have had some good results. You know, I think can take the club forward over the next few years. Durham have obviously had a longer spell at this level. Um, so they might have that little bit more championship experience, if you like. And obviously, they've had an excellent start of the season in terms of their results. But it's just an exciting kind of step in the journey, I think, for Sunderland. And I think the main thing, you know, I don't know how kind of grace sees it, but is to be in a better position next year, you know. Um, and I think certainly the, the early trends are encouraging on that front. Grace, is that what you think as well? Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think Mark, Mark kind of hit the head in terms of this weekend's a showcase. It's an opportunity for like, the North East to get the probably attention it deserves in terms of football. And I think, as, as Phil just said there, as much as we are as players striving to do the best we can and to go into every game and come away with three points, we also act with a level of realism. Uh, that's not that not, doesn't mean we're selling ourselves shorts, but that means we're thinking about what is the long term aim. Like where do we want to be in the next three to five years? And it's building ourselves towards that. And for success to be sustainable, and um, there comes a level of like obviously needing the support to allow us to compete at this level. But hugely for our younger players, I'm the oldest in the team by by quite a while, um, and a lot of the 16, 17, 18 year olds need the experience at this level one to just grow as players but two to understand how to compete and the more we can give them that the more likely they are then to sustain this their success at Sunderland and with the club so for us it's about being realistic but also then striving to do the best we can do as we kind of build for the future being realistic about the weekend's game as well Grace what's your preparation going to be like are you expecting probably be your hardest test of the season so far yeah I think just the the, the nature of the game um, I think like we said before obviously the number of players haven't played on both teams I think there's a probably a personal level to the game to a number of players um, we're playing against people that we know really well um, but that aside ultimately going to a game at another 90 minutes and for us it's about looking back at Bristol and the weekend's result and we're disappointed with that and saying we knew there's small margins. We know if we had done the best we could on the day, we could have walk, walked away with a better result. So for us, it's about learning from the weekend. It's about learning about well, what went well, can we build on that, but maybe what wasn't so successful. It's about going to put that into practice this weekend. So there's no doubt it'll be a tough challenge. I think Durham have proved themselves at this level now for a number of years and rightly so. Um, but it's about us focusing on what we can do. Uh, and that's focusing kind of what our game plan is going into the weekend, putting in the preparation which we started last night and we'll continue tomorrow and, and just building to put ourselves in the best possible position to, to compete on Sunday. And Mark, in the Durham camp, how's the prep going? Everyone looking forward to it? Yeah, I think similarly to, to what Grace said, it's very much focused on ourselves. We've had three three kind of positive results, but we know Sunderland's going to be a difficult game, as every game in this league is, because it's a very, very competitive league. We're not seeing the six, seven, eight nil score lines that we might have seen in the last two or three seasons. It's 
is the odd goal here and there. Um, you know, the the work that the, the coaching staff and the management team put in is absolutely meticulous in terms of their preparations. And, you know, I think, yeah, we're, we're just treating it as another game because every game at this level is, is really, really challenging and really, really difficult for, for different reasons. Great. Thanks, everyone, for your thoughts on the weekend's fixture and where we are at right now. Thanks for joining me on SAFC Unfiltered. Don't forget, everyone, that the game kicks off 12 noon at Appleton on Sunday. £5 adult tickets, £2.54 concessions. Get down and see a good game of football.